Welcome back to the Sports Booth Podcast. I am once again joined by my co-host, Husey, as we run yep. through yet another week of sports and sporting madness uh, on this Tuesday evening. How are you, Husey? I'm great. You know, just another casual Tuesday here. Nothing, yeah, I don't know. Did 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 something happen this, this past week that no one ever thought could possibly happen this year I, I i don't i don't know i don't know it's hard to hard to tell really that something was confirmed this week but yeah i don't know we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about it some this podcast just yeah something 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 occurred i just yeah we'll get to it I'm sure. it'll come to me it'll come to me okay on the podcast this week uh super rugby last round wrapping it up as Hughie may have yes. or may have not touched on Something happened in the Super Rugby. Uh, NRL round 12 plus state of origin team list announced. Mm -hmm. Uh, Touch on US sports, the Champions League final and the Formula One. But let's get straight into it. Super Rugby Pacific round 15. Around, if you predicted that round and tipped it 100%, I don't think you quite fully understand how rugby union works. Um, no. because the way... Literally throwing darts at a chalkboard <laughs> or something like that. Like, like that's, that's, I said chalkboard, I didn't, I didn't mean dartboard, I meant chalkboard. Like, you're legitimately throwing darts at the wrong kind of board to come up with that result. <laughs> it was madness. It was, we, we kind of said, imagine if this happens. Imagine if, okay, something happens, but it's not going to happen. Like, our, mm. I felt our, our, our prediction of the Waratahs beating the Blues was kind of the only thing out there that could happen. And then it even didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> it was close. It was bloody close. Oh, mate! Honestly, I, I I explained it to one of our one of our fans on Instagram why we we both selected the Waratahs, even myself not being a Waratahs yeah. supporter. But I thought the baby blues that they sent over the Waratahs would get the job done. Being up fourteen to three, I thought I've proved everyone right. Look at me and Husey shining. Yeah. We know rugby. We get Super Rugby. Yeah. Me and you. And then um, yet again, your Waratahs blew a lead. So maybe a, a point to a point mm. to prove heading into into the uh, finals. But wins to the Crusaders and the mm. Chiefs. The Crusaders ticked the boxes. So we kind of started off normality. Chiefs looked like they were ticking a box as well when they were up thirty five or was it thirty four. 15, uh, 13 over the um, Fiji and Dura, and then the Dura came storming back to lose by a point. So yeah. that's when God, I think the, the the hecticness started. It was like, oh, something special this round is happening. Like the Dura just did that. Like what's what's next? And what was next was Moana Pacifica upsetting the Brumbies, yeah. which was I don't think many teams people would have been predicted. And even um, even my partner said, oh. Minor Pacific can't win. Now my partner knows nothing about rugby, and the reason she said it, they've played three games in eight days. You know, they can't win. They can't win. Yeah. Three games in eight days, you're coming up against the third best team, and they won. And so, <laughs> I mean, a, a shock in that 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 game. Yeah. Then the Blues come back from, from the depths to, to beat your Waratahs. Then mm-hmm. another team playing their third game in eight days, the Force, Go ahead and beat my Canes in in Perth to to set up a showdown to set up a a, a match a, a finish worthy of this competition for eighth spot yeah. where they said now Hurricane uh, Highlanders you have to win to get in. What are the Highlanders? <laughs> they lose, but they lose by not enough, and they take the bonus point and get into the finals with four wins yeah. for the season. Like. I can't believe that those words, all of those words just came out of my mouth explaining that week. You know what I mean? Like, that was just an insane yes. week to kind of round out Super Rugby Pacific. I And look, second only in insanity maybe to the Moana Pacifica win. And maybe 
is the fact that what I hinted at earlier, the Waratahs are in the finals after winning <laughs> zero games last season. Zero games. Uh, that's insane. Like, to, the amount of progress is um, just crazy. Like, the fact that they have uh, gone from literally the depths of the basement to not only just, like, sneaking into the, the finals, but actually coming in pretty strongly... Great, solid performances against New Zealand teams. So that's a, a miracle work by Darren Cole. An absolute turnaround. And I mean, a lot of a lot of our our um, fans as well, when I first predicted the table that the Waratahs would finish at seventh, which I predicted they you know even went better mm-hmm. than those I could have um, predicted, was a lot of heat that the Waratahs can't do that. The Waratahs, we, we, this Waratahs team isn't that good. You, they just won... No games, but I'd seen something and then you had explained to me what to see in them um, and they, they, they made a statement this year, a big, a big return to the yep. statement. You know, it was meant to be reset 2022, but I think it was actually statement 2022 um, because yep, that was just, that was a massive year for them. So, yeah, I guess... The, the big... only thing that's sort of a, a bit of a, a bittersweet about it is that the Brumbies lost to Moana Pacifica, so instead of just a trip down the road to Canberra and basically a home final for the Waratahs, they're now having to go over and play the Chiefs yeah, in I've, their home that territory. Was, that so. was probably yeah, a bigger loss to actually you and a bigger gain to me yeah. was that, that Moana Pacifica result. But kind of looking into it now, let's go into the few questions I had written down. So mm-hmm. I'm like, now I've now that everything that's happened that round and the past few rounds, I go, is this a two-horse race now? Is it just the Crusaders and Blues who can win? Like, let's look at this first no. round. Let's look at this first round of finals. Okay, mm-hmm. Highland is going to lose to the Blues. Reds are going to lose to the Crusaders. I feel like those are foregone conclusions. Now, yep. the next four teams... If, if the Reds had Taniela Tupo, I would give them a chance. Without Tupo... I don't think they had a chance. Without Tupo. And, and with their, how they performed against New Zealand. With their form without, with in the how past, they against yeah, the past, past six yeah. weeks, haven't proven to me that they could. So I go, okay, those yeah. two, done. Now, you've got to get either one of the Chiefs, the Brumbies, the Force, uh, the Force, the Hurricanes, or the Waratahs to go to Christchurch or Eden Park and beat the Blues. Now, we've got to think, you just had the Waratahs at home lose to a baby blue side. You just had the Hurricanes lose to a Western Force side that only won four games, and two of them being against the Dura and Minor Pacifica. You had the Brumbies just lose to Minor Pacifica and lose three on the trot. And then you had the Chiefs just about blow a lead to the Dura and just about lose to the Rebels all in the space of three weeks. Like None of those four teams give me any faith that they could beat one of these two top teams. I think if if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be the Brumbies. Like, yes, they lost to the Blues at home. It was a close run thing, though, and arguably they should have won, based on because of the, the refereeing. I the the Chiefs, I think, can do it, because they have done it during the season, right? They beat the Crusaders, Crusaders during the in season in Christchurch as well. So yeah, so I think just so, about missed a penalty to beat the Blues in Eden Park as well. Yeah, and it might be you know an easy out to say that yeah, the number and three four team definitely have got the best chance of beating the number one and two team but I mean it's true like the Waratahs sure they beat the Crusaders but they beat them in Leichhardt without Richie Mwanga I don't know if that's necessarily going to um, you know translate that and first they've got to get past the Chiefs you know so look I think if the Waratahs do make it past the Chiefs then they're definitely in with a shot because they've already done one seemingly impossible thing so uh, yeah I mean it's it's going to be it's 
it'll it'll be difficult for any of them to do it. Do I think that it is it is a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a Blues Crusaders final? No, I don't. I think the the Brumbies honest Brumbies and the Chiefs are honestly in with a shot to do, to upset one of those teams. One of those teams, and I mean the only team to beat the Blues this year are the Hurricanes. So we can't forget that 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 is the yeah. case. So. Again, it's what I said in, in, in the review show. It, on their day, any team can beat any team, and we've seen it with Moana Pacifica yeah. just beating the Brumbies. But I, I I don't know, yeah. It's just the way – it's not so much that I don't believe a team can do it. It's just the way form has been showing and the way the season has slowly panned out, I start to go – I don't think I don't think any of the any team can go into those two places and win now. I would have said at the start of the season, like and even mid season when the Chiefs did it. Um, but now the Crusaders have started to find some form where I'm like, I think they're just now having a bit of fun and and know what the job is. They've 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 ticked all the boxes for me. I actually, if if the Blues had lost, even sending over their baby team to the Waratahs, I would have said the Crusaders are the team to beat come to finals time because I think the way they yeah. played against the Reds. Uh, without Richie Moonga, Fergus Burke took a stand and finally stood up and played some some decent footy. I just go, um, I'm I'm getting nervous. It's another Crusaders win, and and as much as I do hate the Blues as well, and I, as, again, as much as I hate these two teams that I've said uh, it's a two horse race, I I would prefer any other team other than an Australian team maybe yep. to beat them. Um, but I, even drawing a line there, I may say of the Crusaders won again and the Tars are in the final. I think that would be a great fairy tale story. But uh, yeah. we'll we'll wait and see, I guess. So that that was my kind of thought, and and I'd love to hear uh, our, our people's opinion if you've got an opinion as well. Yep. Um, my next one is question is the initial thoughts on Super Rugby Pacific. What are your initial thoughts I on this year? I think it was a good first year. I, it wasn't great in terms of I think there were some over ambitious moments like um, Super Round, um, and it the, it's not quite a finished product yet. But I think it was a really good foundation year. Uh, bringing I think the the new, two new teams were uh, outstanding success. Sure, they're not in the finals, but they didn't lose every single game. No no team looked like they shouldn't be there this year. Like, even the Rebels stood up and had some great moments. Uh, and, yeah, I think the two new teams looked great at points and are very scary going forward. They're going to be legitimate contenders next year or the year after. Um, so I like the way it's going. I am looking forward to seeing more of the games hosted in uh, Fiji or in the Pacific. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a, it was a good year. It wasn't a... I would even say it's a great year. It's not like an excellent year. It's not like, oh my God, this was an outstanding success. But I think it was a really good year. The competition was really good. Like, yes, the Blues only lost, have only lost one game so far. But even still, uh, they haven't looked unbeatable. 100%. So, yeah, I think it was I think it was a, a great year. I tend to agree. I think it's a, a return to good is kind of the way I'm seeing it. Like... Yeah. For Super Rugby 14, 16, 18, whatever we fucking had in the end there with all the numbers. Yeah. Um, this is a return to good. Like, this is the first season I've been like, okay, it's actually been a, a worthwhile season. There's been interest there. The Aussie teams are there. They could they could win a game on their day. Uh, I I think, yeah, it's a return to good was kind of my view of it. I'm still, still 100% of the idea that the finals are a farce, that we've got eight teams in it. Uh, it has to be six teams. I don't see how the Highlanders have made it with four wins. Uh, even so even though uh, even though the Reds would miss out if it was the Reds. Six the teams. Reds deserve to miss out because yeah. they could they they've had their opportunities to to win those games against New Zealand. Believe me, like as much as as much as they could sit there and make an argument for being in there, they've had their opportunities losing to the Highlanders. 
you know, mm. who just in in Queensland as well. Like, let's not get that wrong. That was in Queensland where Highlanders just yep. lost the Rebels in Melbourne. Like, again, that's it's just to me, it was like the top six make it. You've got to earn that right. And I can understand, like, now looking back, I'm like, I want it to be eight because I want, like, the Dura and Moana Pacifica to get into the finals. But I also want them to get into mm. the finals because they deserve it. And I think a top six finish shows you deserve it. Like, I just, to yep. me, the Highlanders... Highlanders don't deserve to be in there um, and again I've lived in Dunedin and, and, and support Highlanders as my second team but they don't deserve it to be anywhere near the finals if they upset the Blues there will be so many questions that need to be answered so that's just kind of my thoughts from, from from that but let's move on to the Ox nice guy player of the round now there is no doubt in my mind it could have gone to this player yeah. either way he decided to go because mm. Matt Tamor, now I think he realistically, when I watched the game, I think he wanted to go for the corner and got instructed from the sideline to kick it out. But I'm giving Matt Tamor our nice Ox Nice Guy player of the round, purely because tap the ball and kick the ball out in the Highlanders. The team that he is exactly facing managed to get into the playoffs because of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's yeah, a more nice no thing you can do. We've, we've, yeah. we've had a couple now of, of kicking the balls out. <laughs> but this, to get into the finals, as, as bittersweet as it probably was for the Highlanders, yeah, Matt Tamora, you win our uh, Ox Nice Guy Player of the Round. So congratulations. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure if you live in Perth, you probably don't think he's such a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, no, that was the thing. <laughs> if he kicks for the corner and they score, he's still a nice guy for, for, for all of Western Force. <laughs> but if... Yep then he'd be uh, obviously much hated in uh, mm. The only way he could have not won this is if he'd kicked for the corner, they'd scored the try, but then missed the conversion. Missed the conversion. So the Highlanders got in. No, but he, the Highlanders get in, but missed the conversion. But he was the one kicking the conversion. So would we have given it to him for purposely yeah. missing the conversion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in a sticky I, 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 situation, yeah. wasn't he? Rock and a hard place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. that would have been that would have been an interesting scenario if they did score so much pressure on a kick that means absolutely nothing to you as a player like yeah. it would have been nothing to him it wouldn't like no one would have gone back and gone oh Matt Tuomas that kick that cost no that didn't cost him anything like would have been just yeah. imagine if it was like I don't know it may have been someone's 100th game a Ford's 100th game and they go yeah. oh you got to take the kick <laughs> like you know just that situation could have been quite quite a funny situation in the end there yeah but again, shows my proof that the Highlanders don't deserve to be in the, the um, Super Rugby Finals. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to touch base on was the incredible Tongan squad that's been named uh, mm. with XL Blacks, X Wallabies littered across. But there's one specific Wallaby obviously named Israel Falau. First thoughts from an Aussie who's obviously supported him of being named in the Tongan squad. Yeah, I did spot him. In fact, I think his signature's on this hat here somewhere. I don't, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's on here somewhere. Um, yeah, look, I haven't, I haven't kept up with his news cycle story. I don't, frankly, to me, I don't really care about Israel Folau until he comes out and apologizes for what he said. And look, crucify me if you want of having that opinion. But I think what he said was wrong, um, and I think. Uh, uh, Rugby Australia were well within their rights to do what they did. I think they handled it correctly. Um, and that, that's just my opinion on it. And so in, until he apologizes for it, I don't really care for him as a player. Um, I won't support him. Uh, and uh, yeah, he he's just another, uh, to quote my Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin, he's just another nameless grey face out there to me. He's just 
He's not anyone. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he may not be anyone, but when he's scoring a try for Tonga against Australia, he may become <laughs> someone. Uh, yeah. It is, it's a fantastic-looking squad. Charles Piatel in there, Malachi Fikatoa. I think Pulu is in there as well. Just to name a few, uh, I'm, I'm excited to at least see this Tonga play. I know as much as Israel Flau was the uh, the big name that was dropped there. I think Charles Piatel being named and, and Fikitoa, that that's a back line where I go, holy moly. You know, you go Fikitoa at 13, Falau at 14, Piatel at 15. Wow, like that is talent across the board. Um, will be interesting when Tonga take the field next. Mm. But let's move on to NRL, round 12, the good, the yes. bad, and the ugly uh, pre-L State of Origin chats. I will start first because yep. I always start Mm-hmm. Um, what was good for the round? I've got I've written down the competition. Now, the reason I've written down the competition is if we look at this round again and again, I'm just kind of comparing to last year. I know we've had a couple of blowouts, but the blowouts are a lot less. And it's another week where we've had a good mm-hmm. games of competition, close games. I think <coughs> the biggest loss might have been 22 points or 24 points, something like that in that range. It um, was uh, 22 points, the Panthers over the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Oh, 20, 26 points, the Rabbitohs over the Tigers. So there you go. There you go. And, and, and you, Tigers were up at halftime, I believe, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so it wasn't, yes, they were. They were in that competition for, to lose 26 points bad from the Tigers. But, again, yep. it, was, it, was, it was another good round of competition. And even if you looked at that 22-0 game with the Panthers, that was a high competition that was you know i know it blew out in the end there but the the cowboys although they didn't score points were yeah you could see the fight and i was i was i was just again happy to see a lot of good competition a lot of good comebacks you can see that the momentum is still there in the game like as we will talk mm. base touch base on with the broncos and the titans the momentum can be pulled away pretty easily and if you have momentum you can still run with it i know i was listening to triple m earlier, um, I think it was a couple of days ago, and they were talking about how oh, the game's at its worst. And I was like, uh, I think you're seeing so much wrong with it. Like They're talking about the referees and this and that. I think... Yeah, and the bunkers. The bunker. Yeah. And I, I get that. I do get that. But I think you're looking at it with such a negative eye on things mm. when it's like, actually, I think you've got the good product there. It's just about refining yeah. those things around it, the, the, the referees and the bunkers. And I think you've got the rule set there now. Let's stick with this rule set for five or so years, and in five years' time, let's let's make a judgment call on the bunkers and the referees. I just, yep. I thought uh, there was a lot of negative stuff around the NRL and rugby league specifically about the game and changing the rules and stuff and this and that. But I'm like, I, I do feel like we're in a in a better place than we have been, especially last year with the the wide open competition. I just feel the competition is a bit better. So that was my good. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I don't have much more to add to it, but yeah, agreed. Yeah. My bad for the round was the Sharks. Now, the only reason I say the Sharks, yeah. they played a good Roosters team. However, this Roosters team turns up when they want to turn up, and they just come back off the drumming that they got from the Panthers. The Sharks team, not, not too long ago, we were saying we're contenders, we're looking one of the better teams in the comp, and just didn't really show up. And so it was bitterly disappointing for me because I think the Sharks are better than that. It was more that was my bad because they, were, they are better mm-hmm. than that. I think they are better than that. So... They'll take a hard long look at themselves. I don't think they'll dwell on it too long. I still think they're a finals team, but it hit it hit me. Yep. A premiership nod was was dropped for me. I was like, if I thought they were premiership contenders, I go to a bit outsiders now, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I, I would take them sort of from a top four team to a top six team. hundred percent. That's 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 the way it felt for me. Uh yeah. In the ugly I'm going to mention it. Uh, you could have talked about the whole second half of the Titans, but there was one particular moment that kills me as 
as a supporter of the Titans and as a rugby league enthusiast, I am. Mm. Not too long into the game, uh, the Broncos score, it's 24-8 now, I believe. The camera is showing a replay to suddenly cut back to a Jordan Rickey sprinting down the field at full place to score a 60-odd metre try. And I'm confused. I'm like, what have we just witnessed? Is this old tape? No, they're still in their Indigenous outfit. What the fuck mm-hmm. is going on? A short kickoff when you're up 24-8 to eight is the most ugly decision I've ever heard in my mind. And I want to know who made them and who made that decision and who thought that was a good idea. I want to know. Now, I know Toby Sexton wasn't on the field. And I know, and again, this is another ugly. I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting mm. angry, all right? A lot of people have been commenting on Titan's Facebook post about how bad Tony, Toby Sexton mm. is. Toby Sexton was the only reason we ever looked good in that game. When he was on the field, then he came off, and it was like, we have a 19-year-old kid running the show for us, and people on Facebook and shit are ripping him apart. It just it blew my mind. I was like, I, 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 am, I was gobsmacked when I saw the replay, and it just started the capitulation. That was the start of the capitulation. Now, I know Tino Famosuali came out and said that it was his fault because he didn't know the rules. Nothing was his fault. He was the only one that was there putting in any effort. All right? It was everyone yeah. else's fault. I don't even want to say it was Isaac's fault for the kick because the kick was actually really well executed. I just want to know who made the decision because it wasn't Isaacos by himself. Like someone's told him to do that. I can guarantee if, if it came down from the coach, I'll be amazed. I'll be amazed if Holbrook decided that. Now the Titans yeah. take risks. That was a dumb one. Finished. Yeah. Well, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna just preempt my segment and in my ugly, I was also going to have the Titans and we sort of discussed this. Um, at the start of the podcast, like pre-podcast, I think we're going to formalize it now that, and and at the end of my good, bad and ugly, we're, this is it. We are no longer talking about the Titans on this podcast. It's, they are such an inconsistent and astonishing team at some point that until they can sort of consistently put something together and prove that they're a contender rugby league team, we're just not going to talk about them. Um, and no so that, that, start, that starts... Wait for it. Wait for it. Now, okay. now, now. At yeah, it's it's done. The band has um, begun. So, so what? So my good and bad for the round. <laughs> my good. <laughs> we've already talked about the ugly. My good and bad for the round. The good. If you know me, you know what my good for the round is going to be. Of course, it has to be the big man, blocker Blake Laurie. Ninety-one games without an NRL try, and he crashes over the goal line to score his first try as an NRL player. He debuted in 2017, five years almost, without one meat pie. The amount of nudie runs that man has been through would shame a nudist. So, <laughs> Blake Laurie, my good for the week, his try, nothing special about it, just over the line, pretty simple front rower play, but by God has he earned 91 games um, without a drink, and he's gotten this first one, so very pleased about that. My bad for the round feel the vindication flowing through me is the Canberra Raiders with the weight of possession so incredibly in their favor in that game. And they still lost to the Parramatta Eels, whose try scoring opportunities came on broken plays that were, quite frankly, fuck-ups from the Raiders, right? So 
The Raiders, they had 52% possession. They had an 87% completion rate. They had the majority of possession in the second half. Um, they had a huge amount of kicking, uh, attacking kicks into the Parramatta side of the field. Parramatta made 14 errors and conceded five penalties. And the Raiders still lost. They still lost. So, look, I said if the Raiders had taken it and beaten the Eels... In, in this game, I was going to start believing in them. Even if it had been a, a close loss without an ugly set of circumstances in it, I could have been more persuaded from the Raiders. But the, to lose like that when the other team is gifting you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, just begging you, please, please, Jack White, score a try here. Please, Josh Papali, score here. And you come up with nothing where you come up with a loss where Dylan Brown's sprinting 80 meters. Not even, not even Dylan Brown. When you have Sean Lane, big, <laughs> tall, uh, Stegosaurus, no, not Stegosaurus, Diplodocus looking fucker running down the field and giving it to Dylan Brown to score like a length of the field try. Some, it, yeah, I just can't get behind that. That being said, I've picked him this week at, at this stage anyway. So I'm talking out of my ass really, but, but I mean, it's a blue squad. It's a rooster squad missing half their roster, but yeah, look, the Raiders for me, which is bad this round, like that's just, that's a bad loss to, 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 take where everything seems to be falling away except for scoring points which at the end of the day is what it's all about so the Raiders are my bad for the round round 12 so that's our good bad and ugly for round 12 a dinosaur looking Sean Lane running away yeah Diplodocus Diplodocus there we go look at him look at him again and then go watch like Jurassic Park where a Diplodocus is running away from a (laughs) T-Rex and you'll be like oh yeah I see it that's that (laughs) yeah I love that Um, All right, on to State of Origin team lists yes so the team lists were named up the blues some interesting calls I wouldn't say there was many controversial calls like it wasn't a controversial team list. It was more interesting. You could say, oh, why'd you choose that player? Why'd we choose this player? Oh, they chose that. Yep. It's Jacob, not Daniel Safiti. Stuff like that. Mm. Um, look, As a New South Wales fan, the, you break down New South Wales and yep. then I'll break down Queensland. Okay. Look, New South Wales roster, I think the biggest question marks were in the centre positions given that Latrell and Tommy T were out. The most natural and the easiest pick was Katoni Stags to fill in there. And then when Stephen Crichton was picked, everyone thought, okay, well, Crichton's going to be in there. However, they've put Crichton at 14 and Jack Whiten at 4. Now, I'm not opposed to this. Whiten has proven he can play centre at the origin level and win. And I think as well, centres are so key at origin level that I think Fittler was a bit like, I don't want to blood two completely new centres to this stage in the same game to such an important game one, obviously so important. Um, so I see it there and Crichton at 14 suggests to me, he's going to get on the field. Look, he, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to spend less than 30 minutes on the field. I would say he'd need to, it, unless things are going horrifically wrong, in which case he might either see a huge amount more of minutes or a huge amount less. Don't know. I think putting him in 14 though is smart because he can cover uh fullback wing and center. So he's got you sort of your real, back of the um of the back line cover there um and then that of course does leave jack whiten you know you think oh we well, don't have halves coverage well jack whiten can slot into a halves position if one of the halves go down so and then jerome luai nathan cleary at six and seven of course um probably one of the biggest controversial calls from the media's point of view rather than i think from a fan's point of view is daniel tupo in there over josh adokar fitler in the past has said that 
players that are on teams that are having issues are usually or where they're having individual issues probably won't be picked uh and look bulldogs are having their issues right the coach has been sacked josh adekar has had a good decent run of form uh but i think the other reason for tupo's selection is you look at the wings of queensland who are they going to pick of course they're going to pick cobo and Coates. what are both of them great at jumping for those really high balls. You need something that can counter that. If you're going to have Toto on one wing, a bit of a shorter winger, and he showed he was great at sort of defending the catches, you need to be able to have the ability to have those attacking catches as well. And I think that's what Tupo provides. I think before Coates really burst from the scene, Tupo was probably the best in the league at taking those high balls. So I think that'll be a great battle to watch uh, as well. So I'm not I'm not opposed to it. It's going to be very weird watching the Blues without the fastest man on the planet <laughs> running down the sideline. But uh, I, I'm I'm not opposed to it. Again, I think it's I think it's a very smart decision. I think Freddie hasn't been afraid to sort of blow up the um, the roster a little bit. Yeah, Looking nice. now to the forwards, Payne Haas at eight, Junior Paulo at ten, makes sense. Damian Cook at nine, makes sense. Great front row there. Tarek Sims, a little bit surprised even as a Dragons fan, but last couple of weeks he's actually been. He is an enforcer. What he did last year for uh, Jerome Luai, where he just like stood next to him and batted everyone that ran at Luai, um, I think is sort of that, he's got that nastiness there that is sort of otherwise missing from the Blues fort pack. Now, you say that Payne Haas is a great ball runner, Junior Paul is a great ball runner, and they're solid in defense. And same with Cameron Murray, of course. But you need a, someone who's, a bit of a bastard in yeah. there. And that's what I think Tarek Sims provides to that that starting lineup. Um, and then Yo at 13, Cameron Murray at 11, uh, natural natural picks there. So that's the starting lineup for the Blues. I'm just going to quickly run through the bench and then I'll hand over to you. So Stephen Crichton has already talked about 14, provides great coverage. Uh, Liam Martin, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Ryan Madison, all three players, all in tremendous form, all versatile players as well. Not only good ball runners, but good at playing the ball as well. And then Nico Hines, 18th man. I mean, I think Freddie is always going to be haunted by two years ago when Tedesco got knocked out and is going to have uh, someone in there that can cover multiple positions. And that's what Hines provides. So, yeah, overall, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of this Blues squad. And it all starts in the halves. And I, I love this halves pairing. And I think they're going to be the Blues halves pairing for a long time to come. Nice, 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 nice. I will be interested to see if uh, To'o gets bombarded with high balls if Stephen Crichton on the wings also a option that they see with mm. his height as well. That could be an interesting... Yes. Again, like and you said, he's versatile. Ability under the high ball. Versatile. He's played fullback, but I think they'd probably um, shift even Whiten back to fullback or something like that um, and then yeah. put him into centre. But I think there's... Like you said, he can play so many positions, Crichton. <laughs> Not a big loss in the end. Um, let's jump yep. straight in. Uh, I do have one question for you afterwards, but I'll jump straight into the Queensland team. <coughs> do you want me to read it? Are you all right? There? I'm good. I'm good. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> okay. It just it gets me emotional having to read that such a good side that's going to win three nil. Uh, number one, <laughs> Kalen Ponga. Number two, Selwyn yep. Cobbo. Three, Valentine's Holmes. Four, Dan Gagai. Five, Coates. Six, Munster. Seven, seven, Cherry Evans. Pretty easy team to name, really. Six and seven select themselves. Now three and four select themselves mm. as well. There's not enough yeah. player out there that's going to be beating them out, and that's why you've got a dead in, in the bench because of just his his ability, his place this year, and to get him some experience to be in and around that that um, environment. But they're not going to play. 
we all know State of Origin Gagai is a different beast, and he's he's been in decent, yep. all right form for the Knights. He started off with a hiss and roll, got injured, came back, got the nightmare that was Talakai for a few weeks, um, running down over, all over him, and is kind of starting to get back to that best. Val Holmes has been at his best in the centres for the Cowboys, so I'm really happy with that. Yep. The two wingers, I think, are the best two wingers that Queensland could have chosen. The only person I feel like could be hard done by is Murray Tuolangi because I think he's been unreal um, for the Cowboys as well and I wouldn't have mind seeing him and Holmes on the same side again that combination of playing there both playing the same team helps I definitely think but I don't have any complaints Cobo what he's done the past few weeks even in a quiet week last week every time he touches the ball it was scary that he could do something, and Coates is just Coates, he's a natural-born finisher. So that back line pretty much selected itself. There wasn't too many. I know Corey Oates' name got chucked out there, but I, I'm glad we went with these two wingers um, over Corey yep. Oates. The four-pack as well, there's a, there is a couple of interesting picks in there. Now, eight, Tino Fomo Asole, Aoi, uh, Ben Hunt at nine, Josh Papali at... Love that pick. Ten... Uh, 11, Kurt Capewell, 12, Felice Cafusi, and 13, Ruben Cotter. Ben Hunt at nine is the best pick we could have had, especially with Grant being injury-prone. Again, I like Hunt at nine in origin. From what I've seen in the past two years, I think it's actually his best position. And interesting statistic I didn't realise, two out of the last three origin series, when Hunt has come in at nine, he's been the or- he's been the uh, Maroons player of the series. Yep. So he's... He's not only he's not only proven that he can hang at nine in the Origin Arena. He's excelled there and been Queensland's best yes, player. Um, I think that's that's Hunt at nine scares me the most about this Maroons team. I love it. I love it because what I see from this is Hunt at nine for 60, 65 minutes, and then a firing Harry Grant Fresh coming on for 15 minutes yep. to absolute torment you. And I go, even if, if we're down and we're really in trouble or something happens, if Cherry Evans isn't playing his best game, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they do the whole, oh, let's pull him and put Hunt into seven. But again, it saves yep. us in case we do have an injury there as Hunt's versatility yep. able to play everywhere. Even they may move Hunt into 13 and be a ball playing 13 because that's Hunt's yep. not a small person and he's not, a scared defender, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't say he's the greatest yeah. defender in he's the world, a solid defender. but he's a solid defender, yeah. Um, I love the selection, obviously, Tino and Papa, Papali. Wait, how do they actually pronounce it now, is it? Papali'i. Papali'i, sorry. Um, uh, foregone conclusions, Capewell and Kafusi been there, done that. Capewell's been great. Cotter, I love. I think he's going to do, what he's going to do is take a lot of the tackling work off Ben Hunt. Because as we saw from the yep. Cowboys game, he just made 62-odd tackles without a miss in 65 minutes. So he's just going to be that defensive workforce that you need in the middle. Then I love Harry Grant, Lindsay Collins, Patrick Carrigan, and Jeremiah Nanai on the bench. I, again, I love all of these picks. Jai Arrow can feel hard done by, definitely. Um, but I love Lindsay Collins. Like You need, like you said, that J- Lindsay Collins is that Tarek Sims where he's just a, a bad yep. motherfucker, will not care if he loses teeth he'll keep playing that's what you need and I think Paddy Carrigan's been yep. in the form that deserves to be an origin same with Nanai Nanai's a hit and miss you've seen him week to week when he's off and some of the stuff he can do is just unreal talent so I love getting him in there yep. I think we're in for probably our best series in a few years and I, it's sad yeah. to say the reason I say that is because of the loss of Turbo and Latrell like again you put those two guys in there and I go, fuck, I'm still pretty nervous that we're pretty heavy underdogs. Yeah. Without those two, it's as confident as I've probably been the last few years leading up to a series. 
you look at think about how incredible this is though you look at the news the blues lose their first two choices at center and their two replacements that go in there you're like far out you could arguably say that uh katoni stags is better than holmes and gagai and whiten's no slouch at center either so the fact that you have that much depth to come back with katoni stags is a replacement he's not the first choice that's pretty uh good for the for the blues definitely 100 percent depth is mad and, and i think we've seen it for a while it's it's probably a good thing to get this depth now in and tested like again they're coming in both of them yeah. i know Crichton's not starting but zero games of experience so we're like it's, yeah. it's crazy to think you look at that queensland team and they've actually got more games of experience than the new south wales team which you know last year you'd just be like man that that looking at latrell and tommy t you were like god that's a scary sight so yeah i mean mm. it's going to be an an incredible series. I think the, the question I had for your side, Jake Jabroyevich obviously didn't make it either. Now, even to not be named completely in the squad at all, and I saw, I think it was like the rugby league guru um, put up, is, it, is his career, is his state of origin career over? Now that they've even chosen to go with Jacob Safiti in the squad rather than him, you know, there's Regan Campbell-Gillard, you've got Junior Paulo and Payne Haas, that's four plus Daniel's out, Daniel Safiti, that's five front rowers realistically in front of is his state of origin career over? Yeah, no, because he's also played in the back row in origin. I'm pretty sure he started at 13 before. But he won't be doing origin. that for with Yao at the moment now. And even with Murray, exactly. you reckon they'd move that around? But, but he could come. I think he's versatile enough that he could come on. Look, I don't think his origin career is over because there's always injuries. Yep. Um, and he's always in that uh, form. And the Trebojevic has always played better with each other. So um, I don't think it's over. But I think he's sort of being pulled down the list a little bit. I think the other players are starting to put themselves uh, ahead of him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way I could put it. And and lastly, before we move into the uh, NRL, uh, off, off the NRL, I, had, I have got a crazy statement to make. And I quite often make these, but I'm, I'm making a statement. Yeah. I'm making two massive statements here. And it's, it's looking at schedules. I've looked at some schedules and I go, okay, here's a crazy statement. And it's going to piss Husey off. And it's maybe the, the reason I'm making the statement. But Yeah, of course it is. The next games, next, let's just go, games for the Dragons. Uh, the Cowboys, the Rabbitohs, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Roosters, the Sea Eagles, the Cowboys, the Sharks, the Raiders, Titans, West Tigers, Dragons. Okay, so that's your list. That's a pretty tough list because all I'm saying is you've had one decent win this year. One decent win. Because what you've done is you've beaten the Bulldogs, the Warriors, the West Tigers, the Roosters, your decent win, the Knights, mm-hmm. and I think it was the Warriors again. So you've had yeah. one decent We win. arguably should have beaten the Titans. Arguably, again, <laughs> Titans, and, and you could argue that that still doesn't make that a decent win. If you'd won that game, I still probably yeah. wouldn't be saying that's a decent win because we don't mention that team ever again on the podcast, Susie. Um, yeah. I what don't team? think the Dragons are going to win until August. Wow, okay. Until First August. of all, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> second, of, second, of all, second of all, I think they can beat the Cowboys uh, coming up because this will be the first game after Origin. After Origin, And agreed. so the Cowboys will be, will be missing a few people. Dragons, Ben Hunt will, will play because he's a superstar. <laughs> uh, but even if he doesn't, Jaden Sullivan will be in there who's been on a tear of form. Yep. Dragons haven't aren't, aren't losing that many people to Origin. After that, the Rabbitohs, who have been just in absolute shocking 
form as of late. I think the Dragons are starting to find something here and it'll be different to the, the last time they played. Who have they got after that? The Raiders. I think they'll beat the Raiders. Come on, the Raiders who just choked it away against the, the Eels. Eels, yes. You know, you, uh, Broncos, that'll be, that'll be oh, tough. Oh, sorry, hold Brisbane. on. Sorry, um, 48-14, the Eels bit the Dragons. Oh, sorry. Okay, continue on with your story. Yeah. Yeah, this was, it's a different Dragon side. It's a different... So, the Dragons have, have progressed since then. Broncos, I think that one's going to be a loss in, in Brisbane. Who have we got uh, Roosters after that? After that. Roosters, we already beat them once. We already beat them once. Yeah, okay. Easy. Right. Easy. Yep. Then yeah, Sea Eagles. This is where um, this is where, this is where my money will fall. I think Tommy that, T's out for the yeah, season. I think you could beat the Sea Eagles at home. But that's mm. the one game I feel like if you don't Again, Cowboys coming up. I agree with your statement there. Yeah. If you if you get a win there, then yeah, okay. But if you don't get a win against the Cowboys, I think, and you don't beat the Seagulls in July, I don't think you're winning until August when you play the the team that shall not be named and on the 21st of August. Yeah. Uh, look, I I see. Look, there are definitely games the Dragons will lose in there for sure. But I I don't feel like that the Dragons are super super incapable of winning those games um yeah the i think that the yeah i mean i, I just laid it out there the rabbitos have regressed <laughs> right the 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 raiders and i think the, the dragons have actually progressed they've made some improvements they've the, the fact that they scored over 30 points this week which i Against think is the, the first they've done all season doesn't matter though it's it's about what you conceded 24 points against the dogs though which is bad look uh, look i knew this would get you ish. going I'm just I'm just putting it there so I can clip that up and put that all over our Instagram if it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, look, I think the the dragons are improving. I think they're only going to continue to improve uh, because I think they've sort of finally uh, uh, Cody Ramsey at fullback is sort of finally okay. We've got some permanency there now. We know who our number one is. Let's. That'll last. I two think weeks. that actually has, has solved. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's, oh. I, based on his current form, I don't think he's. Go, I don't think it. I don't think he's going anywhere. So, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, there's plenty of chances for the coach to prove me wrong, which he's done before. Oh, so, yes. I, so I, 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 I disagree first. with your statement. Though. <laughs> you heard that air first. Yeah. Dragons won't win again until August. Uh, let's move on to American sports quickly. The NBA. We have a finals. So Warriors versus yeah. the Celtics. And which will be a thriller. The Celtics just just scraped by the Heat in Game Seven uh, of the Eastern Conference to set up this one. I hope the Warriors don't mm. win. Uh, again, if they win, they win. And I like I like players playing onto their legacy and showing their legacy. I just I just really don't like the Warriors. So uh, as much as I also don't really like the Celtics, I'll take the Celtics yeah. in seven. That'll be my bet if I was putting money on. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to hard to root for either of these teams, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a draw. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, can we do that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and then on to Champions League football, we had a winner in that as well. It was Real Madrid one nil in a, I guess a bit of a disappointing display of football. Uh, I don't know if you watched it. Probably. I was great from the Real Madrid. Goalkeeper Courtois or whatever. Courtois, yeah, he was, was fantastic. It's insane. It's it's that's football for you, isn't it? That you can you know you can dominate possession territory, all that stuff, and, and not come away with a winner. So I mean, a good win for Real Madrid. They step up on the on the big matches and, and do what it matters. It's a little bit disappointing for all those Liverpool fans out there. Although I'm not a Liverpool fan, so I don't really care. But to come away with two trophies and that be the FA Cup and the F- EFL Cup is a slightly 
disappointing outcome, I assure they yeah. will say. Um, but again, it's good to be in those positions to be winning or into chance to win those games is always always good to see as well. Mm. And we will move on to lastly the Formula One, where congratulations to Sergio Perez who won the uh, Monaco Grand Prix uh, after a disappointing, I guess, showing the week before in Spain where he was asked to let his teammate through, did it um, for the benefit of the team and got some just reward at Monaco as he won after a, a, a crucial error by Ferrari with their test tactics and Charles Leclerc falling behind. But again, a very much a two-horse race in the Formula 1 season makes it a little bit disappointing as we were kind of hoping for a bit more. But again, a good race nonetheless and a good um, I guess better we'll get for the whole season. Mm. That is us. Voila. That's it. That is episode Very 23. Nice. Done and dusted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely smashed. Um, yes, big finals round of rugby, Super Rugby ahead. First round of Super Rugby Pacific finals. So join us Let's go next Monday as we cover up all of that. And NRL yep. and everything. That comes with the sporting week. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you later. Goodbye. Peace.